Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Hello, everyone. I hope you all are doing well and staying healthy, having a good summer. I am so excited to share with you guys that today's episode is with Nicole Sachs, who is a highly requested guest. She came on the podcast for the first time about two, maybe even three years ago, and she changed my life. Her work absolutely changed my life. She's a huge inspiration to me, and she's a huge inspiration to millions of people around the world. She teaches this mind-body healing way of healing, and I've had patient stories on the podcast sharing their healing journeys through this work. And as I said, I've had her on the podcast. And it's so interesting because I've found that these mind-body healing episodes and guests and stories are the ones that people are continuously the most interested in. I love that. And I'm the most interested in it as well, really. And the most crazy and serendipitous component aspect of th- of this is that you know th- learning about this really changed my life and is truly what motivated me to want to go back to school and get a master's in social work and ultimately become a therapist so that I could help individuals with heal through this type of work so I also want to share with you guys um, something that's happened in my life which is really exciting and something that is definitely going to translate into the content of this podcast so as many of you know i am getting a master's in social work um i started last year so i finished my first year and i will be starting my second and last year at columbia um in the fall And so basically part of the program is that you have a field placement. So essentially three days a week, you have a job where you're getting, you're not getting paid, but you're getting credit and you're working in the field. So that's really where you're getting the hands-on experience in whatever aspect of social work you want to do. And and for me, it's um, clinical therapy, working with people one-on-one. So last year, I got randomly placed and it was a good learning experience, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing. I was working at a public library in New York City. However, this year I was like, okay, I need to have a field placement where I'm really going to learn about what I want to do, you know, about what I want to do with my career. So what I want to do is I want to be a therapist who teaches and and helps people heal through this mind-body healing work. There's a specific type of therapy, if you guys have heard or not heard of it, but it's so incredibly interesting it's called pain reprocessing therapy and this therapist named alan gordon who a lot of you have probably heard of if you're interested in this work he started a therapy center in california called the pain psychology center and it's one of the only and biggest centers that only does 
pain reprocessing therapy and it's a type of therapy it's kind of like this mind body healing but it's made into a really specific therapy technique that works and can be taught to other therapists so like you can really learn how to use this in your work in your practice so he wrote he's he teaches a lot and does a lot of podcasts and exercises on the curable app which i'm also sure a lot of you have probably heard of And he wrote this amazing book recently that I highly recommend called The Way Out. And I'll just read to you the blurb now, but it's called The Way Out and it's a groundbreaking mind-body protocol to heal chronic pain backed by new research. So this book just kind of simplifies pain reprocessing therapy, what neuropathic pain is, which is essentially pain that gets programmed in your brain and then teaches you how you can unlearn that pain through different techniques, exercises, therapy work. And it's fascinating if anyone right now is listening and has any form of chronic pain, pelvic pain, whatever it is, I cannot recommend this book enough. I read it and it is so interesting. I've read so many of these books and and like on this topic and this is by far one of the most interesting. So anyways, I hope you guys are finding this little um, intro interesting, but I want to share it because it's like a big um, breakthrough. It's a big breakthrough in my career at least. So basically there are a few centers that really do this work. There's um, the what's it called the pain psychology center there's another one called the better mind center which is also in california and then there's another one called the mind body therapy center and i connected with the founder of that practice who trained under alan gordon and his name is daniel and he worked at alan's center for a while and then he started his own center called the mind body therapy center and i reached out to him and Long story short is now I'm going to be doing my field placement there this coming year. So I'll be working there three days a week. It's going to be remote, but he's going to train me and I'm going to really learn pain reprocessing therapy and how this method of healing really works. So I truly, this was like a huge moment for me because I've known that I've wanted to do to to be a therapist and teach this and help people with this but getting this field placement there as part of my you know year of school is a huge it was a huge deal for me and I've never been so excited and just so looking forward to and engaged in in something so it's like it's just a huge blessing and a huge full circle moment and I am beyond grateful and I mean oh yeah and also the other part that I want to share really is like this is going to translate so directly into this podcast and I'm curious what you guys think about that and I would love to hear your feedback but for me the mind-body work is what is just life-changing for so many people you know here women with pelvic pain so I really want to work on like focusing more of the podcast on how this type of work and this type of therapy can be used for helping women with pelvic pain to heal because I truly think that this is the way out um, as the book is called I really really do so I'm really excited to finally be able to learn about this and to eventually be able to become a therapist and it doing this type of work and then to just share more of this 
content and content related to this type of work and this type of therapy and these types of healing stories on the podcast. So yeah, I thought that this was the perfect intro and the perfect time to share this with you guys, given that Nicole will be on the podcast today and her work is, of course, very similar and she lives and breathes the mind-body healing world. So I think that's it. Without further ado, I will let you guys listen to the episode with Nicole and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you guys find it interesting. This was really a listener Q&A. So we were, I was, I asked on Instagram, all of you guys, what questions you have for her. And then we tried to just get through as many of your questions as possible. So it was really interesting. I think that you guys are going to love it. And last but not least, if you could please rate and review the VHive in the iTunes store. I always forget to ask this, but it really is so helpful with um, bumping up the VHive in, in the search. So when people search any related content that this will help the beehive to come up further in their search so if you could head over to the itunes podcast app and leave a rating and review if you're a fan of the podcast that would mean the world to me thank you guys for listening thank you guys for sticking around throughout my hiatuses and back and forth with the podcast but i'm really 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 excited to finally be able to share this content with you and to be able to continue to learn about it in my own professional setting and then to just bring that into the podcast and share this work with all of you because I know for a fact how life-changing it's been for so many women and so many people and I just want to continue to share the message and I hope you guys enjoy it and find it interesting and I hope I can help. That's really all I want to do is help People, women, individuals get out of chronic pain, pelvic pain, any type of pain that you have. Um, I just want to be here to help. So as always, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to email or DM me on Instagram. However you prefer to get in contact with me, I always love to hear from you. Let me know if this is something you're excited about or not. But either way, I would love to hear. And let's get into the episode with Nicole. Thank you for taking the time to be here. I know that life is crazy right now, but I really appreciate it. And I mean, seriously, I've gotten dozens of messages and questions for you. So you are by far the most requested guest. So I think everyone's going to be thrilled to listen to this episode today. So thank you. You are so welcome. I'm so excited. So let's just get right into it. Um, as I said, most people listening definitely know who you are, but if there's anyone new here or anyone who doesn't know who you are and hasn't listened to our past episode or listened to your podcast, give us a quick kind of intro into who you are and the work that you do. Okay, so I'm Nicole Sachs. I am a mind-body psychotherapist. I've been working in this space for over 20 years. Started out as a patient of Dr. John Sarno's with my own pretty scary uh, diagnosis, spondylolisthesis, which is a severe abnormality of the lower spine. And every doctor, every surgeon thought that that was the complete reason for my back pain. And so I was living um, a very limited life. Uh, I was diagnosed at 19, so super, super young. And um, I was just convinced that I was going to have this incredibly limited life, might not even have biological children. So in the by and by, I discovered the work of Dr. John Sarno. I ended up 
really throwing myself into mind-body medicine and um, in addition to getting my own education, so be, becoming a trained therapist over the years. And I, I serve at this point as a person who is a walking and living example of this work. I have had three children, exercised till the day they were born. I have absolutely no physical pain or problems, even though my back still looks the same on MRI. And as I move through this work as a clinician and bringing my offerings to the global community, one of the things that kept coming up over and over and over again was pelvic pain, mm-hmm. pelvic pain, like just this epidemic of women in pelvic pain. And it actually began for me as a personal client. A client. I had like, when I, back when I, I don't, I don't take a private practice patients anymore, but back when I did, I had, before I knew anything, before I started the podcast, I had um, a, a woman who was in terrible pelvic pain so much she was actually bedridden um, and on disability. Oh, wow. And through our work together, she became completely pain-free. And there were a lot of reasons underneath her pelvic pain that she had to, you know, come to terms with. It was hard stuff, but she became completely pain-free in the course of our work. And that, after that, it was almost like my antenna was up for pelvic pain. And I started to pay attention and and notice how many people were suffering. And that was right around the time, Hannah, that I think I first became acquainted with your podcast. Mm -hmm. And we did our first uh, recording together and then like changed your life in so many ways. So it's just so great. (laughs) It changed my life in crazy ways. But I mean, even crazier is that like when I learned about you, I was getting messages. I had no idea about this work. And I've told you this before, but I was getting messages from listeners of mine who had done your work and they were like you have to have this woman Nicole on your podcast she changed my life my pain is gone it's crazy and then shortly after I reached out and and we recorded an episode together but I mean since then it's just been like it's so crazy and I know I said this a minute ago when we started but like really people are the most interested in this type of work because Unfortunately, I think so many people ultimately realize that like this is what they need. And yes. it's so clear just through the messages that everyone in this space gets. It's just like, wow. Um, but anyways, when I was planning our episode for today, I was just trying to think of, you know, what topics we should talk about and go over and what questions I should ask you. And then I kind of had this light bulb moment where I was like, you know what, I should just ask on Instagram everyone who follows and listens what questions they have because I'm always getting questions for you and about TMS and mind-body work. Um, And so I was like, let's just kind of make this episode like a listener Q&A. The listeners have so many questions better than the questions that I could come up with and I thought that that would kind of make it more personal and while I have you here, why not have you answer the questions that I always receive? And of course, I'll just say like, I'm going to keep all of these questions anonymous. And obviously, this is not medical advice, because a lot of the questions are kind of medical and personal. And the last thing that I'll just share with you is that a lot of these questions are kind of repetitive. And also questions that you have done a lot of podcast episodes on. And I've also had a few guests on share their stories with your work and with with um their you know healing stories with pelvic pain and bladder issues and so i'll also kind of just mention those as we go so that people can listen to those episodes as well because i think that they will be super helpful um 
And a lot of these episodes, the last thing I'll say, could, a lot of these questions could be entire episodes in and of themselves. So for time's sake, for everyone listening and for you, we'll just keep it kind of brief if if that's possible because we don't have I, I, all I'm morning. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I know, I know. Oh my gosh. So we will just get through what we can, but um, let's get started. So the first question that that, well, let me just, sorry, let me ask you one other thing. Do you think it's worth kind of giving like a two minute explanation as to what you know tms and mind body medicine and neuropathic pain is for it is yeah Yeah. okay let's start there and and thank you for saying that because i think that when when you get in um, a conversation with a like-minded person like the two of us we can maybe i know i forgot saying like this work and this life-changing work and people probably be like what the hell are you talking about yeah exactly okay so so here's the, the the short primer on what i do and what hannah is sort of taking the baton and doing in her own realm which is we live in a mind-body system. So most people walking the earth today have been raised generally in the Western medical model, or at least in the West, in the West, which is that, you know, if there's a problem, you focus on the area of the body in which the problem is exhibiting itself. So in pelvic pain, it would be the pelvic area. Back pain, like I had, it would be the lower back. In, in stomach issues, IBS, you focus on the gut, migraines, the head, like that's what we were taught to do and we're taught to go to doctors and we're taught to go to treatments and to give away our power and to take a pill and like I am not even degrading that I'm just saying we have to start where we are which is that's the way we've been raised and so now with this with this understanding of mind-body medicine rising to the fore and it's super exciting for me because I've been you know screaming from the rooftops for 20 years like guys we have to look at the whole person the whole system the mind the body and even the spirit meaning like your essence your your consciousness but in terms of what I do we live in a mind-body system sometimes we feel things in our hearts meaning like heartbreak and depression and and worry and fear and sometimes we feel things in our bodies like pelvic pain and headaches and stomach aches and pains like hip neck shoulder back whatever they are literally interchangeable and when i teach retreats it's funny because i'm on the heels of teaching two retreats i'm I'm leaving in a few days and i'm going to teach a private retreat for a week and then i'm going to be at the omega institute um, in august which i do every year and when i teach these retreats the first thing that i do always is i help people understand what I am teaching you, you already believe. I could be in a room of hundreds of people, and if I say, raise your hand if you've ever, ever had a stressful day and gotten a headache, every single hand goes up in the entire auditorium. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, hands down. Raise your hand if the next morning you ran to the hospital for a CT scan because you were sure you had a brain tumor. And everyone laughs because <laughs> the truth is, everyone knows that stress causes headaches. Everyone believes that if you have a panic, you could get hives. Everyone knows that if you feel really sad or touched, what happens? Water falls out of your face. Mm-hmm. You know, like what people, people, when people are trying to understand mind-body medicine, what I say is you already believe it. You already know that an emotional stimuli can cause a physical reaction. You know, being moved or touched or sad can cause your tear ducts to fill and actual physical water to come out of your face. People believe it, but when it becomes chronic and when we get all steeped in the Western medical model and in the treatments and the pills and whatever, we forget. We forget that we are just this beautiful organism that seeks to heal itself. So what I do and what Hannah is doing now is to help people understand that 
people, first of all, understand their bodies, understand the brain science behind why we channel um, emotional stimuli into physical issues and how to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is that is that just like enough? You think, yeah, to- yeah, that's perfect. And I'll also just add in that you have, you know, like programs and a book and a podcast and online courses and all of these kind of resources that teach your method of doing this. Yes, there's so many, like, and a lot of it is free. Yes. You know, so if anybody's listening and they just have literally no budget, just go to my website, thecareforchronicpain.com. There are, like, so many free resources. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, so I'll, I, I want I want my goal is to avail every single person on the planet of this information. It's not for everybody, I'm sure, and if you don't want to pick it up, you don't have to, but, like, it's changing lives at such a frequency at yeah. this point, and it just created my life. So, yeah, so I seek to, um, and I, I seek to educate and I seek to teach. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why the retreats are so important because it's like people come together and they realize they're not alone. So it's all such powerful work. And you're so good at it. And just the way that you speak and, and teach is so powerful and moving. And that was like, really, I think one of the things that drew me so intensely to your work because I was just like, oh my God, like listening to you explain this, like obviously it changed your life and you can hear that through just the way that you share the work and it's so compelling like you're like oh it really makes people believe in it which is crazy (laughs) (laughs) I often say you know like something's working through me here yeah because the passion is is big I know and it's so it's so obvious so thank you for explaining that and I will also just plug your podcast for you because your podcast is amazing and for anyone who is new to this I would just recommend that they go to your podcast and literally start at episode one and you really explain a lot there as you said for free so that would be like my number one recommendation um yeah it's called the cure for chronic pain yes people want to look it up that's that's an important uh note (laughs) (laughs) thank you so okay let's get into the questions now the first one is how much of a role does personality type play in TMS and how can this be addressed to prevent a lifetime of TMS symptoms? Okay, so I'm just going to do a very quick what TMS is for anyone cool. who doesn't know. So TMS um, actually stands for tension myositis syndrome. It was evolved into tension myoneural syndrome. Having said that, you do not need to understand what that means. Just know that TMS is a placeholder it is an umbrella under which all of these chronic conditions sit stomach stuff pelvic stuff back neck shoulder you know skin disorders um the symptoms of autoimmune disease the reason we use tms as this placeholder is because and and in fact my podcast i think i don't know if it was last week or the week before was on the symptom imperative Mm -hmm. which means that the way your body is expressing the mind body dance could be in your stomach this week but next month it could be in your pelvis and the month after that it could be in your back because the nervous system is seeking to protect you from your big feelings by allowing you to have something that you could potentially quote unquote control which is the stuff that happens in your body so the reason we say tms and the reason your listener is asking about tms is because it's sort of immaterial the way it shows up. And when you start doing this work, what you'll notice is sometimes one symptom will abate and another one will pop up. And that's great news because it means you have it on the run and it means you're on your way out of the woods. So, so anyway, I want people to understand that TMS is a phrase. You don't have to dive into what tension myoneural syndrome means. It's just the process by which the brain and the nervous system 
send these signals of pain and inflammation to the body as a distraction and as a protective mechanism from the dark and potentially frightening unconscious repressed emotions that are deemed more dangerous to feel than your physical pain. So you might have to rewind that and listen to it 10 times to really <laughs> see what I'm saying because I know it's very dense, but I needed to say that because otherwise somebody might be listening to this and be like, TMS what? Yeah. So, okay, having said that, your question, Hannah, is how is personality? Um, I, I lost the question because I got yeah. too into it. No, 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 but that, that was a helpful part one of the answering the question. So I guess part two would be how can someone – well, because you explained that your personality type has – a yes. lot to do it is like a major aspect of someone having tms so the question would be like how does your personality type whether it's you know being a perfectionist or a people pleaser or very type a you know type of person how can this be addressed to prevent tms symptoms yes okay so here's the situation first it first begins with acceptance you know you are who you are you have a nature that you were born with. You know, for me personally, I run anxious. Like I was anxious as a small child. It manifested in tons of different ways, both in my body and in my heart for my whole life. And at 50, it's still, uh, it's still like there, you know, mm -hmm. it's still an operating principle. So you have your nature, however you're born. Then you have your upbringing. You have the way you were treated. You have the things that felt abusive or neglectful or the things that felt joyful, whatever it is. But, you know, cause sometimes people, um, get a great deal of joy and of acknowledgement from being perfectionists or they think they do. So whatever personality type you have, it just happens to be that a lot of people who get TMS, who channel a lot of their um, stress and, and a lot of their emotional stimuli into physical reactions are people who find themselves in a position to really want to be seen as good people, to do a good job. They're their own worst critic. They're super, super perfectionist. They want um, to make everybody happy, codependency, people-pleasing. It's just very normal. And so when you say, like, how do we deal with this? The truth is it's about, it's about acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's about awareness and acceptance. Because, you know, if you try to push back against who you are, you're, you're just going to have it come barreling toward you harder. Yeah. So it's about, like, knowing – it's about pausing. Oh, I talk on the podcast a ton about pausing. When you pause – you recreate space between a stimulus and a reaction. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a reacting machine. So if you can just pause and say, okay, I noticed my perfectionistic tendencies are popping up here. I am not, I'm feeling the pull that I'm not going to be okay unless this project that I'm about to present to my boss is perfect. Well, if you're stopping and pausing within that awareness and knowing yourself, which is part of this work, because this work teaches you, you, you don't have to bank all the repressed emotions that come with you blindly just being like, it's not okay, it's not okay, it must be perfect. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it opens some space to be gentler with yourself, to wear life like a loose garment instead of everything feeling so tight on you. And so that's just the goal here, you know, and when you screw it up and when you feel like you really got lost in your perfectionism or your goodism or your people-pleasing, to quickly forgive yourself and to say, there I am, oh well you know, sucks to be me or <laughs> great to be mm -hmm. me or whatever, like not getting all caught up in it. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's so important. And then let me just ask you like one follow-up question that came to mind that I have um, for like this question. 
which is for and I'll just use myself as an example I am I've always been a people pleaser since I was little I've always wanted to make everyone happy I've always felt like that was my responsibility do you all like I 100% agree and am always working on just as you said like really accepting and not being hard on yourself for that but also what is your what what are your thoughts on working on let's say people pleasing in a way where you're you know you become better and more diligent about setting boundaries and really Mm -hmm. prioritizing yourself and becoming more aware of when you say yes to things that maybe you should say no to like or not feeling badly about letting someone down because you actually put yourself first and I think that those are things that like I've always been working on and so how do you kind of view that like in addition to the acceptance and the forgiveness and the self-compassion you know I think Hannah this all comes down to something I also talk about Mm -hmm. often which is the concept of what hurts versus what hurts worse yeah so early on in this work it just came to me that the reason human beings struggle most in life is because we think there's a third option we think there's the option that feels like it hurts the option that feels like it hurts worse like no way and then the third option that nothing's really going to change but we're going to get everything we want and it's going to be fine and unfortunately when we live in that third option we suffer in tremendous pain and in tremendous anxiety and conflict so when i say i'll I'll be more granular about it if you're looking at if you're a people pleaser and if you look at a situation and you say I really need to go to that party because so-and-so really wants me there and she doesn't want to be there alone. And, you know, I, she's been telling me she wants, and then like you think about it and you're like, but you know what? I really have a big project tomorrow. I have to get up early. And what a people pleaser would do is say, screw it. It's more important to just go to the party and do what this person wants you to do because it's very clear how important it is to them. And then what happens in that situation is that you will be at that party resentful. You might feel it or you might not feel it. And actually TMS comes a lot from the things we don't allow ourselves to feel. So you might just like be walking through the night and think you're fine, but that resentment might be banking in your mind body system, you know, leading Mm -hmm. to a headache or leading to, you know, whatever your, your symptom is flaring. So when you think about drawing the boundary, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to be like, oh, but she just asked me and she wants this. And then you're going to say, but I really need to honor myself. So when you live in the world of what hurts versus what hurts worse, what you do for yourself is you get honest and you say, all right, neither of these things is going to feel good. It honestly is not going to feel good to go to that party. I don't want to. I have too much on my plate. And it's not going to feel good to say no to her because I really am like so desperate in my personality to just make everything okay for other people. Then you sit with that. Okay. So this is what real like grown up thinking Mm. and you say, what hurts worse? And honestly, on any given day, one of them will hurt worse. On any given day, you can say, yeah, I know I don't want to go to the party, but the truth is she really went to the last three things I asked her to go to and my project tomorrow is done and I really can do it on six hours of sleep. I can. So it would hurt worse to say no in that situation. Or, you know, you just feel very strongly that you need the rest. And even though she's going to be disappointed, it would hurt worse to go. And so I I think that if every situation can be framed like this without the fantasy that you can just go and it will be no big deal and nothing will matter. Well, when people live like that as extreme people pleasers, a lot of that resentment and inner rage, and I use that word purposefully because we don't 
feel rage consciously because it seems so societally unacceptable, but you are full of rage no matter who you are because it's part of being human. And, you know, especially women, you know, we are in a pelvic pain podcast, like especially women feel very unsafe feeling their rage. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel acceptable. It feels like women are told that we have a certain role. And if we experience certain emotions and show them, we will not be seen as positive, you know, like, like, like a nice, don't be a nice girl, you know, and and that's a big thing in my work, helping people find their authenticity rather than their role. So there's, there's so much to say here, uh, but mostly the answer is it's really about weighing those two options and being honest with yourself and knowing that you have a right to make the choice that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So the next question I'm going to just for time's sake I'm going to group like four or five questions together because they're all essentially the same um and I'm your answer will I I know will be pretty much the same for all of them so there's about four or five questions that all have to do with how does your work help people with bladder disorders um and I'll just like read this list and then you'll answer but one of them is how does your work help people with bladder disorders another is I have vaginal burning but no infection what would you say um another is you know I have this infection such as urea plasma which is like a form of a UTI can this leave TMS symptoms even after the infection's over can pudendal neuralgia be mind body caused or treated So kind of all of these pelvic pain, UTI-related questions, you know, the infection's gone, the symptoms persist, Um, people trying to understand how this is pelvic or, you know, vaginal bladder, whatever the symptom is, um, a lot of those questions. So I figured why not group those in one and then, yeah, okay. Perfect to group them all because they have the same answer. Totally. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Okay. So as I said earlier in the podcast, the way your symptoms are showing up and I I mean this only in like the kindest possible way because I'm not trying to discount anybody's symptoms I know the symptoms are real I need to say this first Mm -hmm. capital R real just because there's a mind-body process that's the genesis of symptoms doesn't make the symptoms any less real when I had back pain I was I was like bed bound my parents had to carry me to the bathroom So I'm not saying that this pain and this inflammation and these muscle spasms and the different symptoms that the the stuff that happens in your brain that causes symptoms, burning or bladder urgency or which just is is spasming essentially, or, um, you know, different, different things that are causing symptoms to arise. It's all real. You know, if you cut off your head, I promise you, you won't have pelvic pain. You know, people need to understand that like they're just because it's showing up in a certain part of your body doesn't mean the brain doesn't control literally everything that we feel and that the brain is informed by the nervous system. And so, yes, all of those, those diagnoses and those symptoms are real and they are unique and they are happening to you. Having said that, there is one Genesis and I know it's hard to believe And I have been doing this for so many years. I have seen pelvic pain is one of the most profound things I've seen resolve completely in my practice over the past several years because of the ubiquitous nature of how many people are coming forward with it. Incredible recoveries, mind-blowing recoveries of people that had every single thing that you just mentioned, 
and are completely free Mm -hmm. of chronic issues because when the nervous system is in long-term fight or flight and we are in that sustained stress, the the systems of your body accommodate that stress and that fight or flight and in rest and repair is the only place that we can resolve so if it so happens that's the way it's manifesting for you all of those things that you just said hannah then that's just the way it's manifesting for you but if you slow down if you breathe if you know that what i'm saying is true and and listen to my podcast there are so many pelvic stories on my podcast so many um and hannah's yourself you know Mm -hmm. your story yeah and so all i'm saying is like don't need to attach so deeply to the way in which it is manifesting in you instead allow yourself to relax and let it flow through you do the work that you know i teach like hannah said i have tons of resources i have courses if you want to take them come to a retreat like do what you need to do for yourself and you will see it resolve and then your body gets to be your proof and that's the most beautiful thing because the nervous system has only one way to understand whether you're safe or not And that's from your conscious input. If you perceive yourself as unsafe, your heart starts racing, your mouth goes dry, your circulation increases, you get ready to fight or flee. This is what happens in the human body. So when you start allowing your body to be your proof, where you had a burning that was 10 yesterday and today it's a six because you're starting to see it change, your responsibility at that point is to believe it because then you start to inform your mind-body system that you don't need protection against your feelings, you're doing the work, and then things really start to resolve, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's so helpful. And I'll give one quick example from one of the questions because um, this this woman wrote in her question, and it was a little bit longer, but this was just like a new one, I guess, that um, was more specific and kind of interesting but also you know nothing is different than what I've asked you in the past and I'm curious what you would say to this specific situation but this woman said that you know she's had pelvic pain and vaginal issues for over 15 years and she's had every test and seen every doctor under the sun and everything comes back negative and um, she has itching burning her skin texture has changed and she's had a lot of vaginal discharge and but no infection and she really thinks that it is tms and she started doing your work but she's struggling to believe in it um and then she said like big thank you of course to everything that you're doing to bring awareness but i just thought that that question was interesting because i mean it does prove everything that you teach which is like when things come when you go to all these doctors and you have all these tests done and they're all coming back negative usually it's pretty obvious that that's tms um but then of course when you have these physical symptoms and i guess especially and i've heard this before like like yeast infection symptoms that aren't a yeast infection i mean i would say it's definitely tms a hundred (laughs) percent i have no i have no doubt so here's what i want to say to your listener i know it's messed up that your skin texture could change. You could actually have discharge. You're like, I can't believe something this physical doesn't have a physical genesis. I get it. But I will tell a brief story that is completely different, but the Mm -hmm. exact same, which is a few years ago, I got something called burning mouth syndrome. I had no idea what it was. I had never experienced it before in my life. The way it manifested is I felt, I woke up one morning and I felt like I had 
taken a huge swig of hot drink and I'd burned the shit out of my entire mouth. And of course I had not. So it was very, very confusing and it was painful. And it was like, I felt like I had a weird taste in my mouth. So of course I was certain I was dying. Um, I went to the doctor. I was freaking out. I truly thought like even me. Okay. So this, cause this normalizes mm-hmm. for people. I truly thought something is physically wrong with me and I'm dying. And I went to the doctor. I told her all about it. By the way, talk about physical, the entire roof of my mouth, like, sorry to be gross, mm-hmm. but like peeled off. Oh my god! Like gosh. it was almost like I ate a scalding piece of pizza That's or something. Crazy. I know literally like I felt the skin and I'm like, okay, I'm dying. I, I didn't eat the pizza. So something's happening in my body. I'm about to be dead. I go to the, <laughs> the doctor and she looks at me and she, and like she orders blood work and everything. And she said, I, I'm so funny. Because I don't have, like, a concierge doctor who knows me super well. Mm -hmm. I don't very often get sick. So she didn't know me, know me. Like, she knew my chart. So she didn't know what I do for a living. So she said to me, I need to tell you something really, really bizarre. I hope it doesn't trigger you. And I said, okay. And she said, I have another patient with this disorder. And she has traveled the country. She's been to every specialist. She did. She went to Johns Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. And you know what they're telling her? And I said, what? And she said, I know this is going to sound really insulting. They're telling her there's like psychological roots to this. Okay. And I literally was like, drop the mic. I was like, okay, thank you. Gotta go. Like, I'm good. I went. That's crazy. Started doing the work. Okay. So I start like my own work because I'm always needing to do my own work. Because by the way, there's no cure for the human condition. And we're just human beings doing our best. And, you know, everyone needs to get to the bottom of things for themselves. So I start doing the journaling. And what I realized at the time, you know, I'm always looking to make more progress with my platform and my work. But at the time, which was several years ago, I felt really stalled. And I felt like I was screaming and asking people to listen and nobody was listening to me. That's what I came to. And my mouth was literally burning. For for, Please hear me. I have life-changing news. Like, please listen to me. And as soon as I got to that, the whole thing resolved and I it's basically never came back come back except for in little tinges as everyone knows about TMS like I'll have a hard day or I'll feel like I was shut down and I might get like a tiny little burning on my tongue and I go yeah I know there Mm -hmm. you are I see you it's fine and it goes away but the reason I want to say this to your listener is things can be so damn physical it's just you know there is a, a certain percentage of the human brain that even the best doctors at Harvard, Harvard and Mayo and wherever, they don't understand why the brain is capable of doing such drastic things to the body. But if you think about the concept of the, the nervous system and the way we're protected from death, the way we're protected from death is the nervous system does things quickly without giving us a chance to have an opinion or to have you know, give permission, you know, when you pull your hand off a hot stove, it's not because you have considered it and decided to, it's you, it's immediate. So whatever's happening in our systems to quote, protect us from the dark and dangerous feelings that we, that are deemed unfeelable, even though we're willing to feel them most of the time, it can create any number of crazy symptoms in your body. So just know that I promise you, I'm telling you the truth and just do the work. Yeah. Do the work with passion and purpose. Open your hands to the sky, your face to the wind. Just let it be. It will resolve. And by the way, if it took you 20 years to walk into the woods, you're not going to walk out and 
you know, 20 days. Like people need to be patient. People need to relax. The end game is for the nervous system to be in, in rest and repair. So it's important to just relax and let the work work for you. Yeah. Wow. That's such a crazy story. And just goes to show how tricky the body can be. Like even someone like you who's been doing this your whole life, essentially, still got you. Like you still got tricked. Yes, I did. Crazy, I know. Um, Really wild. But that's, that's such a good story. I'm glad that you shared that. Another question, also pretty similar, but I'll ask this specific one because I'm sure a lot of people have this question as well, which is, is endometriosis TMS and can this be healed with a mind-body approach? This is like a hard question to answer, but I will just, I'll I'll let you give your thoughts here, but I'll quickly just share that Kitty, um, I know she was on your podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. She also was on my podcast. I wrote down her episode number. I think it was here. It's um, 81. And she shared her story with endometriosis and how she had, you know, she had diagnosed endometriosis. She had every surgery. She had so many treatments and nothing worked until she did your work. And that was finally what took her endometriosis symptoms away. So I just wanted to share that. And I think that her story is really powerful and touching on this topic. Yeah, Kitty's interview is amazing. And I wish I had it on hand, but uh, meaning the number. But if you scroll through the back episodes of my podcast, which you can get anywhere, iTunes, you know, Spotify, wherever, of The Cure for Chronic Pain, look up Kitty. You'll see her name yeah. and you can listen to that one because it'll also, I'm sure pelvic something is in the title. I'll find um, hers and link it in the show notes okay, from your awesome. podcast. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation with endometriosis. I have a condition called degenerative spondylolisthesis. It is an abnormal spine. I have a vertebrae that's shattered and replaced with scar tissue. You can feel it if you put your finger down my back. You can feel a hole. Like, it's gross, but it's not that gross. But it's like, you can feel it, okay? That is how my body is shaped. I do not have pain as a result of it. It doesn't stop me. It doesn't limit me, okay? I don't, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't understand why endometrial tissue grows and, and what and what you know, what happens and, and why people experience discomfort. What I know from, from watching people do this work, and also just so you know, I haven't had it personally, so I can't speak with conviction to the same extent over something I haven't had personally. Having said that, I have worked and talked to enough people that have had endometriosis and endometriosal findings that are no longer in any physical discomfort. Now, some people can say, but can I get pregnant? Well, I am not a doctor. I don't know if you would need like a surgery or some sort of procedure to clear out tissue in order to get pregnant. That's questions that I can't answer. But in terms of pain and discomfort that's being assigned to a finding that's called endometriosis, I can say that I've heard over again and again, people saying that they had that diagnosis, that they did this work and they are no longer in pain. Yeah. Wow. Pretty powerful. That answers that very well. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, you're so cute. You're like, okay, and now? (laughs) I have nothing to add. (laughs) I mean, the work obviously speaks for itself. And 
Okay. So I'm like, wow, honestly, sometimes it's just like, it's still, it's still so amazing to me. I'm like not over it. I don't think I'll ever be over it. Okay. What's next? Let's, let's plow through the next few questions. Um, One woman said that her pain varies through her cycle. So she said, is this what, what could be described as a conditioned response and are hormones also at play in mind-body syndromes? I wish I could speak to the hormones thing yeah. because I find it so fascinating. And although I'm not even slightly in menopause because I just get my period every four weeks still at 50, I know that I'm on the precipice of this change in my life eventually. And so I'm very fascinated by hormones right now. I just don't know anything about them personally. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak to whether or not hormones are like affected by TNS or are the the catalyst for certain things. But what I can say, as soon as you began the question, the the word conditioned response was coming up for me. So then when you yeah. said that, I was Same. like, oh, she's, she's smart. Um, so the way I'll describe that is when I first started to really come out of my acute and chronic pain, I was almost always... I had, I had had terrible back pain to the point where it had plagued me 24 hours a day. So when I was coming out of it, as I was doing the work, I was pretty much pain-free. But every morning when I got up, I was in pain. And I remember, like, I would get on the floor to put my shoes on. And if I tried to, like, get up off the floor after putting my shoes on, my back would kill me. But then, like, I would shake it off and I would go on with my day. And I was pretty much pain-free for the rest of the day. And I called Dr. Sarno and I said, is this because I'm sleeping wrong? Is this because, you know, I don't know. What am I doing wrong? And he goes, he was so funny. I love Dr. Sarno so much because he was so nonchalant. He was like, ah, Nicole, so like, he didn't say it's so boring. I love the expression, it's so boring. (laughs) But his attitude was, it was so boring. And he said, it's just a conditioned response. Your brain unconsciously has decided that in the morning, it still hurts. Let it go. Relax. It's fine. And like I did, and it did go. And I haven't had back pain in so many years, I don't even remember. So I guess what I'm saying is like, that's definitely a play and I think she just needs to like I said wear her cycle like a loose garment it comes it goes when she notices it it's almost like a meditative process you note it oh I notice I'm feeling a bit more pain today how interesting Mm -hmm. okay let's go on with the day Mm -hmm. and just not allow the conditioned response to set in so deeply yeah that's great and one other thing that came to mind for me as well about the hormone aspect of the question was that you know, when your body's in fight or flight, there's, I I would say most of the time for most women, your hormones are going to be thrown off as well. Like your hormones need a body that's in a calm state in order to be balanced. And like, I've just experienced this so much myself. I do find it so interesting that like your hormones are really affected by stress, anxiety, trauma, all of the things that we feel. And so I mean, I would say that I know for a fact that doing this work would help to regulate your hormones because you're calming down your nervous system and like your hormones need a calm nervous system in order to function properly. I mean, I could definitely second that, but I, you know, I only speak with confidence about what I really know. So that sounds, that sounds right. (laughs) I mean, I'm obviously far from a doctor as well, but I really believe that. So who knows? Um, Okay. So let's see. I think we have two more questions that I'll ask you. One of them, I think these are, there's a lot of really interesting questions. 
Um, I was wondering what your thoughts are about quote unquote faking it. And by that, I mean faking being well. I find myself having to do that function and it can be so exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I think that all this has to do with acceptance and self-compassion so when i teach retreats i spend a whole afternoon on self-compassion people think self-compassion is like i don't know what people think of it anymore but i think like classically people think of it as either weakness and victimy or they think of it as like light and like you know hippy dippy and like you know like the concept of like everything is love okay that's not true actually self-compassion is a really important and physical exercise in order to become aligned with your nervous system and allow yourself to be rest and repair. When you're hating on yourself, when you're judging yourself, when you're um, resentful of having to, like, like your listener said, fake it, it can be a really, really aggravating stimulus in this mind-body process. So it's really, really important to pause and to do, um, I, I recommend Dr. Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. She does incredible self-compassion work. And like I said, I also teach it at Omega. And people can really turn around those sort of inner voices because we have to be well as well as we can. You know, faking it might be extreme, but like we do, I have children. Like you have to be p- for things for other people sometimes, even when you don't want to. And it feels like faking it. It feels shitty. It feels yeah. terrible. But it's like, it's it's almost like we don't get out of here without doing that. And so it's really more about regulating the effects of the faking it and, and knowing that like you can be kind to yourself and you can take breaks and you can draw boundaries and you can look at what hurts versus what hurts worse and, and make the right decisions for yourself. And it will, it will continue to improve, mm-hmm. you know, little by little. Yeah. And I think the what hurts versus what hurts worse is so big with this one because it's like are you as you said like setting those boundaries and you know are you prioritizing like what you need and obviously that's not like oh staying in bed all day of course but it's are you doing what's best for you or are you still putting other people before your own needs and I feel like that can really have a big effect on people yeah and like I said um you know, sometimes you have to put other people's needs before your own, especially when you're parenting. Yeah. But then you can come back to the self-compassion practices and and make yourself feel more grounded. And the last question, you've done several podcast episodes on this, I will say, and I'll also find the specific episodes and link that in the show notes. But someone asked about long COVID and TMS, and I figured I would ask you that one as well since COVID somehow is still a thing and a lot of people experience this. Okay, so you want to just, you want just like my kind of rundown on long COVID? Yeah, and, and why that's TMS. Okay, so yeah. my, feeling, my feeling about long COVID is long COVID is a thing that, that has become, um, th- there's so many symptoms that could be long COVID. Like mm-hmm. everything from migraines to low energy or fatigue to trouble breathing to, um, I mean, like truly, like I think there's like a hundred different symptoms at this point that could be long COVID. So totally. people are people are labeling it long COVID, but really it's just TMS. I mean, there's it's it's really like very very simple in terms of everything we've discussed here applies to long COVID. The reason I know this for a fact, in addition to interviewing several people that have healed, like honestly miraculously mm-hmm. from their long COVID by doing this work. 
I did a podcast on my own quote long COVID um, two weeks ago. I got COVID in May, so we're having this conversation on July 14th. I got this. I got COVID two months ago, exa- May, June, July, two months ago exactly. And there was a symptom. I, I lost my taste and smell briefly, and there was a symptom that I had, which felt like a burning. Um, up and down my nose it almost felt like a burning that went all the way to the middle of my forehead like inside my nasal cavity and I I know that if I wasn't informed about this work I would have just called it long COVID and God knows what kind of fear and meaning I could have placed on it to perpetuate it because as soon as the nervous system grabs onto fear and meaning from your conscious body and mind it will take hold because that's what happens we, we we fear and we push away and then it comes barreling back and so I noticed it and I was like so interesting I'm like wow look at me getting long COVID I'm like and I know this sounds like sort of like light but you have to kind of lighten it up mm-hmm. like it's okay it's not so tragic and 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 I'm not talking about people who have tests that show they have heart damage and lung damage like that's not long COVID that's being that's the effect of having a serious virus that has made its mark on your body. I'm talking about this tre- treasure trove of symptoms that people seem to be labeling as long COVID, one of which is this burning thing that I had. And I just accepted it. I said, listen, COVID is really loaded. We all talk about conditioned responses. We all have so much meaning that we don't even know consciously that we've placed on this thing that's rocked our world in the most literal fashion. So like, let's accept that. Let's say, duh, of course, there's going to be effects that, that, that leave their mark after this virus leaves. And I just allowed, I allowed it. I did the, my journal speak. My dog was dying at the time. So it was like this crazy emotional time of grief and grief for my family. And so I just let it all be. I made space. I made room. Like I talk often, I scooted over on the kindergarten ca- carpet where there's infinite space. And I said, come sit down. Yeah. grief over blue dog come sit down so long symptom. thank you babe and, and so you know it's like i just allowed it all and it went away yeah like it went away so i mean now i know i'm like this is an easy thing when i say easy this happens with ease for me because i'm so used to it so i'm not saying everyone's long covid is just gonna like melt away because they do a couple days of journal speak but like know that it's just the same as anything else we've discussed and if you can see it as such and you can understand that the genesis of all that is chronic must come from the fear that we place on it it must chronic pain is an epidemic of fear pain is inevitable we are human beings we will experience pain but when something becomes chronic it's because the brain and the nervous system has grabbed onto it as a vehicle with which to distract and protect you from feelings and repression that is deemed unacceptable. The conflict, the rage, the shame, the the grief, the terror that you feel somewhere inside that sweet little self of yours has been deemed unacceptable by your nervous system and this physical stuff you're dealing with has been deemed more safe and more controllable but it's, it's misinformed. We don't want to live our lives chronically ill. So it's about pressing a big fat pause, looking toward the stuff, which is everything that I teach. You know, anyone who's listening to this and is a little bit confused, go to my website. You know, Hannah will link it all in the show notes, notes the curefortchroniccpain.com. Learn about how to do this for yourself and then you can set yourself free. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Nicole, for answering all of these questions and just 
taking your precious time to be here. I really, really appreciate it. And I know everyone listening will greatly appreciate it as well. So just where can everyone contact you, follow you? I know you have your Omega retreat coming up in August. So I'm not sure if there's still spots left, but if there are and anyone's interested, where can they find more information about that as well? Um, Yeah, just share everything about where people can find you. So I think the easiest way to just like go to one place is www.thecureforchronicpain.com. And you can link to, if you click on the retreats tab, you can see the where to sign up for Omega. If you click on the resources tab, you'll find my podcast, my YouTube channel, my Facebook community, which is a closed group where people, thousands and thousands of people are supporting each other. It's the most incredible place on the internet of kindness and love and support. It's called Journal Speak with Nicole Sachs, LCSW on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> like I said, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a closed group. No one on Facebook sees the posts but the members of the group, and I have to approve, and my my admins and I approve every single person. So you're safe there. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also go to my Instagram, at Nicole Sachs, L-C-S-W, N-I-C-O-L-E-S-A-C-H-S, L-C-S-W. I have a huge community there of people in conversation and support. And, yeah, Omega is great. Um, Is this going to air in, like, late July? When will this air? Yeah, yeah, late July. Prop. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because well, because um, Omega starts on August seventh. So if okay. anyone hears this and they want to come, um, there are definitely spots because they don't give me a limit on the retreat. There just might be the, the accommodations fill up. So if you if you hear um, this podcast and want to come, you can either go to eomega.org or on my website and click the retreats tab. But but come join us. It's it's a five day retreat and it is the most powerful, impactful thing I do all year. It's the only in-person retreat I'm doing this year because of COVID. So um, yeah, come change your life. Give me a hug. Amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much, Nicole. And as always, I hope to have you back on again soon. I'm I'm always here for you, Hannah, and so proud of you for what you're doing and so thrilled that coming into, like us coming into each other's lives has changed the trajectory of yours. It warms my heart and it makes me so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I can't thank you enough. I could say it a million times and it still wouldn't be enough, but I am eternally grateful and I know that this entire community is so grateful for your work as well. So thank you again. Thanks, Hannah.